There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Hello and welcome to the final episode of Season 3 of I Could Never Be here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Man, three seasons. Three seasons is incredible, and I'm very fortunate for the people that I've been able to talk with and the lessons that we've been able to share. And just, again, the whole point of this show is to be able to help inspire you, to be able to show you the lives of people who have achieved success, be able to look at the places that they've stumbled, the walls that they've hit and been able to push through, the obstacles that they've faced and said, this is not going to take me down today. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep pushing. And that inspires you, but also endears you to them to be able to see what they went through the struggles, the time where they've been sleeping on a couch or in the back of a car and still push forward, still strive to achieve success. I always start off the show with a little advice for a better life. And today, I'm going to flip a saying on its head. Everyone's heard the saying, YOLO, you only live once. It's something that a lot of people say, oh, they're in the moment, they want to do something crazy, and they say, YOLO, I'm just, YOLO, you only live once, I'm going to do it. I want to flip this on his head, YOLO, but for 80 to 100 years. So think about that. You only live once, but you live for 80 to 100 years. So don't just live for that five minutes and do something stupid. YOLO, work hard, get ahead, set yourself up for success so that for that 80 to 100 years, your life will be amazing. The show is going to be amazing today, and I know that because, as I said, I'm very fortunate to talk with people who are revolutionary, who have really revolutionized an industry, and today's guest has done just that. She voices Ahsoka Tano on several animated Star Wars series. You also know her from Blue Collar TV with Bill Engvall and Larry the Cable Guy, but she has done so much more behind the camera for the female fashion world She started her universe, which makes so many clothes and has really revolutionized the fangirl in a lot of people. Please welcome Ashley Eckstein. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, gosh. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for having me. I am am honored to be on your final show. Congratulations on the amazing seasons. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you know what? As we were saying just before... It's the little things of if you can end one day having helped one person, that day is a success. And I think that's a big lesson. I know that's something that that's a lesson that you try to, you know, tell yourself, but as well as other people, too. Yes, yes. I mean, it's it's sometimes we get so overwhelmed with, you know, kind of the massive goal or, you know, just it's you know, at least in our industry, it's oftentimes about sales and reaching sales goals and, and, and numbers at the end of the day. But for me, it's never been about numbers. It's about people. And I didn't get into the industry I'm in to, um, to make a lot of money to, to, you know, it was never about the business. It was about creating a community, um, for, for fangirls and to make it a better place. And so if at the end of the day I can do that for one fangirl, then I consider the day a success. Love that. Love that. So you're talking about the industry and you, you know, like I said, you do so many things, you've done so many things. How many people do you meet maybe that don't know exactly what you do? And they say, so what do you do? What's your answer when someone asks that? You know, it's a question that I get a lot, and I 
I don't always know how to answer it because <laughs> I'm I'm probably most known as the voice of Ahsoka Tano. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so there's there's the actress bucket, which is kind of first and foremost my my first job. Um, but then with her universe, you know, I, I created her universe as this fashion line for fangirls. And so I could say, well, I'm the voice of a Star Wars character or I make clothes for fangirls. And and so, I, you know, sometimes I just say, oh, it's it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I, depending on, on who's asking, I, I kind of say something different. Yeah, you're like, well, how much time do you have? Do you want the short <laughs> version or the long version? Well, because one thing kind of led to another. Um, but yes, it's more of it's a longer story. Yeah. And I, I think that's partly detailed in your book. It's your universe. You have the power to make it happen, which came out just a couple months ago. That's fantastic. Tell, tell us a little bit about the about the book and kind of how that even came to be written. Absolutely. And I apologize. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm doing this from my office today and we set up everything perfectly. And then I have like the automatic lights. And of course, right. <laughs> if you ask the question, uh, my lights turn off. So <laughs> Techno- technology for, Tec- for motion. So if, we, if you see my T-shirt. There's a lot that could impress you about the all new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class, leading passenger space, and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Just like rise into the screen. <laughs> you, <laughs> just, you just plug in a t-shirt. You just plug in a t-shirt. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm plugging the T-shirt. So, <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, the book actually, I've got a copy Woo. right here. Um, it's your universe. You have the power to make it happen. And I have to tell you, the fact that I am holding this book in my hands um, it means that anything is possible. Uh, because I, I said there was there's well there's several things on my list of things I said I would never ever do, and one of them is write a book. (laughs) Um, And I was okay with that. I was completely okay with the fact that I would never write a book. I, you know, I would start out by writing an essay and, um, and, you know, I'd end up with about a solid five pages and realize, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's all I'm ever meant to write is an essay. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was, uh, I was having meetings with um, the Disney book group and I had just done the book tour for Ahsoka, which was a YA novel um, after my character. And um, it was written by the amazing E.K. Johnston and I just did the audiobook for it. And so luckily she let me go on a book tour with her and meet, you know, meet all the fans. And um, we had a really successful book tour. And, um, and actually, for those that don't know my character Ahsoka, here she is, um, my my desk is right behind me, so I can pull pull things into the picture. Um, but we had a really successful book tour, and Disney said, "Hey, you know, there's 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 clearly a, a large fangirl audience out there. Um, you know, maybe we should work more together. You know, what what would you like to do?" And so I was throwing out a bunch of you know other fiction stories, thinking that we would do something similar to Ahsoka. And um, somebody asked me if I would write like my autobiography or memoir. And um, instantly, like, I became terrified because the word memoir is just like, ooh. That's you know, daunting. That's a daunting it, it just, it's very daunting. <laughs> um, and, you know, I kind of felt like I haven't d- 
done enough or achieved enough to write a memoir. Um, and, you know, I said to them, I said, well, I don't know about a memoir, but if you'll let me, uh, the book I would write is more of an advice book on how to make my dreams come true. Because, you know, thanks to, um, or how to make your dreams come true. Uh, because thanks to, you know, the, the inspiration and influence of Disney, um, you know, lifelong inspiration, influence of Disney, uh, and also Star Wars, um, you know, it, it taught me to dream it and do it. And so I said, I, I would tell my story, but more as an advice book um, and, and a guide on, yeah. you know, step by step of how to make your dreams come true. So, so that's what this is, you know, um, and on the back, You'll see it actually, it's a, it's a, it's a roadmap. So by the end of the book, um, you will have your own roadmap on how to dream it and do it, but it starts with a dream, then a wish, then you believe, then you do, then you transform and then you trust. And, um, it's all, you know, stories from Disney, uh, quotes, um, and also, also my story kind of all mixed throughout. Nice. And I know you can get that on uh, Barnes and Noble and Amazon and certainly where other books are sold. And I want to be able to shout out too, because, you know, we're live here on YouTube. We have a number of live viewers be able to shout out uh, certainly at her universe is where you can follow Ashley on Twitter and on Instagram at the popcorn talk is where we are here. And at the only MC is where you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. And we have a live chat going. So if you're watching this and you have a question Hop on over to the live chat. We have a number of people already in there kind of commenting, and if you ask a question, I'll try to work it in. Ashley, you said once in an interview that, quote, I am just an ordinary girl born into an ordinary life. Now, what does that mean to you of an ordinary girl in an ordinary life? Yes, yes. I, um, you know, I, I grew up in Orlando, Florida. And, um, my dad worked for Disney. So, you know, I, I say in the book, um, that, you know, I grew up Disney. I actually joke, I haven't done like the 23andMe DNA test, but, um, <laughs> if I did, I think I would have a Disney chromosome, uh, in my DNA. <laughs> that 1%. Um, what? That 1%. Yes. Yes. Just that 1%. Um, but I, um, I, uh, uh oh, oh goodness, forgive me. Where was I going with You're this? Good. Um, uh, Disney chromosome because you grew up there. Uh, yes, yes. Um, oh gosh, where, where? Forgive me. I, I, I what, what was the question? Your ordinary girl from an ordinary life. Uh, yeah. Thank you. This is clearly live. I, I, <laughs> I promise. Um, I'm usually not this flaky. Um, but okay. So, uh, growing up in Orlando, Florida, um, I have, you know, of course I fell in love with the Disney princesses and I've always had, you know, I love, I love, you know, like the Royal family today and Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle. And I've always had this, you know, just kind of, um, you know, uh, kind of, real life princess desire. I fell in love with Cinderella at a young age. Um, but I, you know, I wasn't that I was just a, a normal girl. My dad was a meat and seafood buyer for Disney. Um, we were, a you know, very average middle-class family. My parents, both of them worked two jobs. Um, we, we never had extra, but we always had enough. And, uh, my parents taught us that, you know, anything is possible, um, that, 
you know, when you wish upon a star, the dreams that you wish can and do come true, but um, you have to work hard for it, um, that those dreams aren't just going to fall into your lap. Uh, and, you know, they taught me at a very young age that you have to dream it, but you also have to do it. And so I, you know, I, I feel very much that you know, nothing was ever handed to me. It was, it was all through hard work. Um, but, you know, I feel like you, you, can be a, a real life Disney princess, or you know, you you absolutely can choose your own destiny. Um, it's just through through hard work and, and believing and and a little bit of, of pixie dust. <laughs> that pixie dust is a key final step. What, was <laughs> doing something with Disney then? Uh, growing up, obviously, everyone every girl wants to be a Disney princess. Was the, your goal to be able to do something with Disney? It was. It was. Um, you know, as I, I, I actually say in the book, right in the beginning, I say, let me set the record straight. Um, Disney didn't ask me to write this book. I, I asked to write this book. This is very much, and you know, you'll you'll read it. It's very much who I am. It's it's very authentic. Um, and I, you can definitely say it started in my, it's in my DNA because um, it started before I was even born. My, my parents actually, um, they're from Louisville, Kentucky, but they went to Disney World on their honeymoon. And um, while they were on their honeymoon at Disney World, they made a wish. And they made a wish that my dad would one day get a job for Disney World and that they would move to Orlando and, you know, have a family and kind of raise a family Disney. And um, and when I was six months old, um, my dad's my dad's wish and his dream came true. And so we moved to Orlando and and, um, you know, very much, you know, so many of my my first we're, we're at Disney from visiting Santa Claus for the first time to learning how to swim um, to actually going to a live taping of the Mickey Mouse Club. Wow. And um, that's where I that's where I realized what my dream was. I was definitely bit by the acting bug at a young age. And, um, you know, I could, I could see, you know, the Mickey Mouse Club was my favorite show. And I could see these, these kids that were only in my television screen. And it seems so, so unreal. I mean, when it was just on TV, it was, it was like, it was fake. It's like, who are these kids? You know, how is that even possible? And then, um, I actually went to a live taping of the show and it it was, it became tangible. This kind of impossible thing that was inside my television screen was now right in front of my face. And these kids were real and these kids were just like me. And, um, it was, it was then that, you know, I realized I, I wanted to one day be an actress on the Disney channel. And, um, and pretty much from the age of, of seven, <laughs> when that <laughs> happened, that was, that was my goal is I wanted to one day be an actress for Disney. And, um, and literally it's surreal to, to be here talking to you today, to, to have a book about it. And, you know, you know, I've, I've been on the Disney channel as an actress, but also now Disney on star Wars and to continue my work for them. So it's, it's been a dream come true. It's been a culmination. I think of, a, of several years of having that vision. Yes. Yes. I, you know, I, I, I talk about it. I, I share stories in the book of, you know, starting when I was a, a young girl all the way until now. And um, there was actually 
you know, a, a very specific moment for me. Um, you know, when I was a young girl, my mom, you know, fortunately, when you have a parent that works at Disney, um, we could go every day for free if we wanted. Um, he had this magical pass called the Silver Pass. And um, so we went all the time. And um, my mom would often take us just for the fireworks. And we love the song, When You Wish Upon a Star. And so, um, you know, when I was three, four or five years old, she would take us just to watch the fireworks and we'd look up in the night sky and you know she'd tell me to make a wish um and then it was christmas morning i was nine years old and i remember uh, my parents uh, they gave me a hat and on the hat it said don't dream it be it and um they used that as as a lesson and they said um okay you know all of those dreams that you've been wishing upon all of those stars um they're not just going to fall in your lap um you have to do it you have to make it happen. So they said, we'll fully support you. You know, if you want to be on the Disney Channel, you can absolutely do that. Um, but, you know, you have to practice singing, you know, every day. We want to hear you in your room, practicing your scales, practicing your warm-ups. Um, if, you know, go to your dance classes, um, make sure you memorize all your lines, make sure you get all your homework done, because <laughs> um, if I didn't get my homework done, I couldn't, you know, do the singing, dancing, or acting. Um, and, you know, not only did they teach me that, but they also led by example, you know, everything they did, they worked incredibly hard, um, every single day, day in and day out. So, um, that was, I, I literally remember that day, like it was yesterday. And so it has, it's, it's been a vision of mine ever since I was a young girl, but you know, they, they taught me that anything is possible through hard work. And I think that is an important lesson of, you know, everyone has dreams and it's like, Oh, dream big, dream big. And dreaming big is great. But yeah, you got to be able to to put those dreams into action. Well, and and that's actually this was a, a big reason why I wanted to write this. Um, you know, to me, uh, you know, dreaming is is ageless. It's timeless. It's genderless. You know, these these stories um, they're they're for everyone. Uh, but you know, specifically. I, I did want to write this book, you know, for, for fans of all ages, especially kind of tweens and teens, um, because if, if you think about it, you know, kids don't automatically know how to dream it and do it. Um, I think as adults, you know, we've we've been through enough now at this point. Um, we, we generally know maybe kind of how to take that first step. But but kids don't always know how to do that. You, you have to teach kids um, how to dream it and do it. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping through the book that this is, you know, if, if there isn't somebody in the reader's life that, that can teach them how to do it, that this book can, you know, can do that, can kind of be the first step. Um, because even though I share my story, by the end of the book, this is meant to be the reader's journey. Love that. Um, the, the book has several, uh, oh, here's one, um, prompts all throughout. Oh, so nice. it's meant, it's meant to be like a journal. So, um, so it's meant where you can go back to it and, and, you know, write your, your dreams, scratch them out, change them. It's, it's meant to be a, a working, like a working document. <laughs> Which is exactly, I think how you lived, uh, your life. And again, the things that you've done and saying, oh, there's certain, there's a list of things that I thought I'd never do when writing a book was on there. And, Going from, you know, certain acting with Disney and then doing Star Wars and then now doing her universe. And I want to uh, touch on the Star Wars because a lot of people in the live chat, obviously big fans of yours. And there, I want to know, how did you get that role or how was that role kind of, how did that come into your life? 
Oh, my goodness. I, I have to say, you know, being an actress on the Disney Channel was a very realistic dream um, because I, I knew that they were constantly coming up with new shows, constantly casting for it. Um, but I've been a Star Wars fan ever since I was a little girl. I, you know, I started watching Star Wars I mean, my earliest memory, I was like three years old, um, you know, watching it on VHS in our in our living room, which, you know, definitely dates me. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I, I, I love Princess Leia, but I, I didn't even want to be Princess Leia. I wanted to be R2-D2. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be a droid. Um, but, uh, you know, I've been a, a lifelong Star Wars fan. But by the time I had moved to L.A. to be an actress, um, you know, George Lucas was no longer making Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Like it was kind of documented that Star Wars was done. So being an actress for Star Wars and originating a Star Wars character was was the dream that I didn't even think to dream. Like, you know, and I, I don't I'll dream big, but like I just thought there was no way. Like that door was closed, it wasn't possible. Um, and so when I got the call from my agent, uh, saying that they were auditioning for a new Star Wars show, um, I literally about fell out of my chair. I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is unreal. This is you know just truly a, a dream come true." Padme, uh, and then my dreams were were, were dashed <laughs> um, <laughs> because I love Padme, but I sound nothing like Natalie Portman, <laughs> and and they were looking for a voice match for Natalie Portman. So um, I, you, you know, generally with auditions, as 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 you probably know, you know, you don't get much notice. Mm -mm. I, I got the call the night before. And so I pretty much stayed up most of the night and I was practicing and trying my hardest to, to be a voice match for Natalie Portman. And, um, you know, I just couldn't get it. And, were, were you, you know, watching, were you watching like videos of her talking and just trying to voice match? How, how does one go about voice matching? Um, yeah, pretty much. You, you watch video clips. Um, thankfully, they had provided some, some audio clips. So they had given us some audio clips to try and match. And um, you just, you know, this was really before, you know, social media had yeah. even blown up. This was way back in 2005. So, um, you know, we don't even have, back then, we didn't have what we have today, you know, so readily available. So um, I scrounged up what, what I could, and um, it just, when it rains, it pours. You know, some, <laughs> sometimes, you know, you'll, um, you'll go like a month or two months without a single audition. And just so happened that that day I had five auditions in one day all across wow. LA. So it wasn't just that audition that I had to prep for. I had four other auditions to prep for. And, um, and the star Wars audition was the last one of the day. And, you know, I, I didn't even have time for lunch that day. Cause literally to make it everywhere. I just, there was, I had no time to stop. So I showed up to the star Wars audition, um, just so hungry, which, you know, I, I, I get horrible headaches if I don't eat. So I was definitely hangry by that point. <laughs> and, um, I, I walk in and they were running over an hour behind and I was definitely, you know, you talked about kind of comparing yourself to other, other people. And I walk in and I had been auditioning for voiceover jobs for over four years at this point, And I had gotten nothing. Like wow. literally uh, like hundreds, hundreds of rejections. And in fact, I had gotten close on, on two series and I was cast and then I was recast, which happens all the time. Wow. So here you are, you, you think you get the part 
and then they take it away. Yeah, you're riding that high, and then it goes away. Yes, yes. So my, I mean, my, you know, while I feel like I, I, I never lost hope, my, my, my confidence was pretty dashed at this point. So I walk in, and all the top voiceover actresses are there, and you know, I was hungry, had a headache, um, and you know, I still couldn't do Natalie Portman's voice. And so I, I did something that I normally never do, like completely uncharacter characteristic for me. I walked out, I went back to my car. I called my agent and I said, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm not even going to stay. I have no chance at this role. And um, I, I, you know, I thank him every single time I see him. Um, to this day, uh, my agent said, no, you are not leaving. You never know what could happen. You're going to turn around and you're going to go back in and you're going to wait and you're going to do a great job. And I'm so thankful I listened to him. Um, because I went in, um, sure enough, they stopped me and they, after the first line and they said, you sound nothing like Padme. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but there was this top secret, uh, character that, um, they weren't even talking about because it was so top secret. And obviously it was for Ahsoka Tano and, um, they stopped me and they said, you know, you're not right for Padme, but there's this new character. She's a 14 year old girl and we think you might be perfect for her. Um, and so I read for Ahsoka and you know, that's, that's kind of how it happened. Did you read right then and there for her? Yes, yes. And actually, I didn't even have enough time, you know, as an actor, they call it a cold read. Mm -hmm. So when they when they hand you a script, and you pretty much have to read it immediately. um, It was truly a cold read, because I was reading as I was auditioning. Um, I was reading it for the first time. So I didn't even have enough time to read it through one time. Um, it was truly a cold read. And in fact, I, you know, I, I go through it in great detail. Oh, geez, you're about to see my T-shirt again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is not a shameless plug for my T-shirt. This is just getting comical. I'm so sorry. Um, I, uh, so, yes. Um, so uh, I... Um, See that the light thing makes me flustered. So they were they actually wanted Ahsoka to have an Icelandic accent, and um, I, I if there's one thing I'm terrible at, it's kind of European accents. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I read Ahsoka with an ice or at my attempt to have an Icelandic accent, and I just butchered it. Like it was one of my worst auditions, and um, I walked out of there and I was like, they're. I'm never going to get called back for this. Like never. Um, but it turns out that, you know, they liked my tone, just, just my regular talking voice. So about a month later, um, and that happens a lot in acting, you get no feedback and, you know, a, a, a long amount of time will go by before you hear anything. Um, and, and about a month went by and I got a call back and, um, they, they said, okay, we want her to come back, but we want her to really practice her Icelandic accent. So I went to a dialect coach and, um, you know, really mastered a pure Icelandic accent, which don't ask me to do it now because that was 10 years ago <laughs> and I, I can't remember it to save my life. Um, but I, I went back in there and I was so like proud of myself. I'm like, I can do an Icelandic accent. And, um, the first line out of my mouth, 
they stopped me. And um, the director, you know, Dave Filoni, who, you know, is amazing, um, you know, he stopped me and he said, uh, no, he's like, you know, we want more of an Icelandic accent. Can you make it sound more Icelandic? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I did something again. I never do. And I spoke back to the director and I raised my hand and I said, I'm sorry, but I am doing Icelandic. I don't know what you want. And, and um, turns out that he wanted somebody to sound more like Bjork, which is more of like a hodgepodge of, hmm. you know, different European accents. And um, I was doing more of a pure Icelandic accent, which really just sounds Irish. So I was kind of doing an Irish accent. <laughs> and... Um, so it turns out I, I did my best and once again walked out and I was like, I am never getting this part. Like, I just butchered it. And about a month went by and I got a call saying that I booked the part. And I asked my agent, I'm like, how? And, and he said, well, thankfully they don't want you to do your Icelandic accent. <laughs> um, they just want you to use your regular voice. And turns out that it was my talking in between takes. It was my talking back to the, you know, to the director um, and kind of my snippy attitude, which, you know, Ahsoka, her nickname is Snips. Um, <laughs> and it was it was just me acting as myself that got me the part. How much do you think, you know, that actually plays a role for so many things in life that people go in and they think, well, I'm just unprepared for this, but they don't factor in the the secret that someone else knows that the secret character or the the take like you were saying what got you that role is the takes in between the takes that yeah. you were actually were just talking and just being yourself what lesson is that for people of it, sometimes you think you might be unqualified but go anyways because you never know what is on the other side of the curtain that someone else is seeing yeah I, I, you know I think. I think there's a couple lessons to, you know, to be learned there is that, um, you know, everything happens for a reason and what we think is going to happen isn't always what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, all you can do is, is go in and do your best, um, and, and prepare. And, and that's all I ever ask for with auditions is, you know, I, I, I can't help the unknown, um, and not even auditions, but anything in life. Um, you, you can't help for the unknown. You can't prepare for the unknown, but you can, um, prepare for what you know, and you can, um, you can prepare your best. So, you know, I just hope that I can go into any situation, um, and do my absolute best and, and walk out with no regrets. Um, and, and, you know, at that point, then the rest is just fate. It's just kind of whether it's your destiny or, or whether it's not. Um, and then the other thing is, is I really think it's very important to just be yourself. Um, I hear this over and over and over again. And, and in my experience is I'm looking for new team members and, and, you know, working with, you know, team members here is, um, tell the truth and, uh, be yourself and just be genuine. Um, I feel like people can smell fraud from a mile away and, um, you know, they, and they respect when, when you're just kind of being yourself and, mm -hmm. and telling the truth. And it's okay if you don't have it all figured out. It's okay if you don't have all the answers, but people will respect it more if you just 
if you're just honest and, and just tell the truth. A lot of people uh, and very successful bosses, they hire people. They don't yeah. necessarily hire what that person can do because you can train them to do a certain task, but you can't train them to be a good person if they're not already. It takes a lot longer. Someone in the chat had a question. How did being Asaka change your life? Oh, goodness. Um, being the voice of Ahsoka 100% changed my life. Um, you know, I say that, you know, Disney was my was my first love, um, but Star Wars changed my life. And, you know, the two together kind of make up what I am today. Um, you know, I oftentimes, when I, when I moved to L.A., I, you know, I, I don't know if it was the blonde hair, but I, I always ended up playing the mean girl or the bully. And, um, you know, it was fun. You know, as an actress, uh, it's fun to always kind of play the, play the you know, kind of the, the, the character that you're not. Because I would always say, it's like, I promise I'm the opposite <laughs> of these characters I play. Um, but I always had this, this kind of yearning desire to to play the hero. And I think it's because, you know, everyone wants to be the, the hero. Everyone wants to be that real life Jedi or that real life superhero. And, you know, in came Ahsoka Tano and, um, she was groundbreaking. Um, she was the first female Jedi that was a lead in the Star Wars universe. So, you know, I'm so grateful today that we have characters like like Rey and Sabine and Hera and and Jyn Erso and, and you know Rose Tico and and all of these incredible characters. But back in 2008, when Star Wars: The Clone Wars came out, Ahsoka was was the first. She was the first female Jedi that that had a lightsaber in her hands full time, and that was huge. Yeah, and um, you know, more importantly than even just her gender, she's just a good character through and through. She she wants to make the right decisions. She wants, you know, to always be honorable and and you know, kind of live her life the Jedi way. Or you know, now she's the like the one of the leaders of the rebellion and. Um, and I just so badly wanted to be a real life version of Ahsoka. And so um, that's what I did. I, I realized that being the voice of Ahsoka was so much bigger than just a part or or an acting role. I, I realized that I was I had won the lottery, that I was given just the absolute life-changing, incredible opportunity to be a part of the Star Wars universe and that I could reach fans around the world. And, um, and so that's kind of what I dedicated my life to do. I, I, I kind of wake up every day and I ask myself, what would Ahsoka do? You know, all sorts of decisions and, you know, her universe, um, you know, just going back to kind of clothes for fangirls and, and, um, when I, I realized that there was a need to make, you know, merchandise and, and clothes for female fans and, and more importantly than that, but a community for female fans to, you know, to a, a safe place where female fans could step into the spotlight and say, you know, hi, I'm, I'm a girl and I like Star Wars. Um, I wanted to just so badly say that this world is for everyone. And, and, you know, when I realized that kind of that type of community didn't exist, um, I, I took a step back and I knew nothing about starting a company. I knew nothing about making clothes. I knew nothing about any of that. <laughs> I was a full-time actress. Um, but I, I thought, you know, what would Ahsoka do? And Ahsoka would stand up for fangirls. And so that's what I did. I feel like when a lot of people, and you're talking about that need and that need was so much there because 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the sci-fi realm, it was so much of a, 
so much of a, a, a manly domain where people are like, oh, it's only boys who are following this. Oh, we're going to cater to this. And I feel like whenever someone, like you're saying, they, they see a need and they see something lacking, there's several thoughts kind of that go through their head of, oh, something should be done about this. Someone else should do something about this, or I guess this is just the way it is. Did you have those thoughts, or what thought did you have that really drove you forward? Um, you know, I have to say it started out with a selfish, you know, selfish need. It started out with just a simple search for a T-shirt. So that's what drove me initially, is I just wanted more Star Wars clothes made for me. And um, when I quickly came up empty-handed, I, you know, I, I just thought like, well, this this can't be because I know that I'm not by myself. I know that there's, you know, millions of women out there that are just like me. And so I just, you know, naively started doing my research, and you know, sure enough, found that you know at the time, 45% of all um, sci-fi fantasy fans were women and girls, and that 85% of all consumer purchases were being made by women. And, um, you know, I thought, okay, well, I'm not a mathematician, but, but again, these numbers aren't adding up. Mm -hmm. If, If you make stuff for us, we will buy it. But more importantly, in my research, I read story after story after story about women and girls being bullied and being bullied for just being themselves, um, and liking Star Wars and, you know, reading comics and, you know, saying that they're a fangirl and, um, you know, I know as a fangirl myself that, you know, it's, it's not a trend. It's not something that you're into one day or, and you're out of the next, like being a fangirl is, is, is part of who you are. It's, it's literally part of your, as I say, my DNA. Yeah. So, um, that's no way to live your life, you know, you know, to hide a, a literally like a part of your soul. So, um, when I discovered that need, I, I say that I suffer from chronic naivete, um, where I don't, I only see the end goal. I see the end need. And, um, I don't see all of the, the brick walls and the roadblocks in between. I just see the end need. And I just like, you know, like put my head down and start running towards the end goal because I'm like, there, there's a need, like we, we we have to change this. And, um, I, I actually view it as, as a strength, like, you know, especially I feel like it's more common with women and girls where, you know, it's kind of, they, they say like, Oh, you're so naive. It's usually looked at as a negative. Um, I, I take it as a positive because I don't let those fears, I don't let those, you know, roadblocks or or brick walls, you know, uh, stop me. I, half the time I don't even see them because you know I, I don't know what I don't know, mm-hmm. um, and it that's good because fear can be you know one of the worst things that can literally, you know, paralyze you. It can hold you back from even trying. And so sometimes I, I don't know what I don't know. And I just like, like a, like a bull in a China, you know, cabinet. <laughs> I just, I just go straight in and I say, why not? And, um, and so, yeah, so I say I, I suffer from chronic naivete because I, I just see the, see the need and, and go for it. Well, I think you also, you always got to realize success rarely. And I mean, like maybe 1% of the time is a straight line there. Are, you're going oh. left. You're going right. You're climbing over the wall. You're running in circles sometimes before you actually see the opening to be able to dart through and keep going. 
Yes, yes. That's actually why. Okay, so the light hopefully isn't going out again, but that's why I wore this shirt today because I love Alice in Wonderland. And, um, you know, I kind of view life as, as just Wonderland. The, the path isn't straight. You're going to constantly come to forks in the road and you have to go this way or that way. Um, you know, life is just full of crazy characters and it's curiouser and, and curiouser. And, um, and then also I mix in a little bit of Pocahontas and, I just say I, you have to go wherever the wind takes you. And, you know, the wind isn't always going to take you straight. If you think about how the wind takes, you know, a leaf and it's constantly swirling and, and going this way and that way. And, you know, that's that's the path to making your dreams come true. It is not going to go straight. It's going to go every way but straight. And I know you got so much in, the, in that middle section from the beginning to the, to the end goal. I know you got so much pushback. What did people say? What were what were doubters saying to you to try to get you to stop? I've heard everything. <laughs> I've literally heard everything from, you know, even just starting as as an actress from um oh gosh, you know, you're you're not pretty enough, you're not awkward enough, you're not tall enough, you're not skinny enough, you're not talented enough. Um you know, I, I've heard everything, and especially as an actress, you're you're it's it's a business of rejection. Um, you know, uh, they often say for every 100 auditions you go on, you get one job. So um, I've just I've heard everything under the sun to you know her universe um, to literally being told that a I had a bad idea, b um, you know that there's no money to be made in female fans that I would never succeed. Uh, you know, see to literally people called me up and told me to just stop, just wow. dream. Size small because women would not buy merchandise made for them, and you know I think um, I, you know I talk in the book a lot about. Uh, you know, dreaming and, and, and believing, um, you know, those two things, especially, uh, you know, I, I bring up Cinderella as an example. Um, you know, oftentimes people look at the, the story of Cinderella, for example, and they say like, oh, this is just, uh, you know, a girl waiting around for the prince to come and save her. And that was never the message that I took away. Um, the message that I took away from Cinderella is, you know, she says, you know, they can't order me to stop dreaming. And if you think about it, that's so powerful. Um, you know, they stripped everything away from her. They stripped her title away. They stripped, you know, you know, basically her lifestyle away. They, you know, they made her the servant. They, they locked her in the attic. They, they literally stripped everything away. But the one thing they could not take away from her was her power to dream. Um, because that comes from within. Um, and the same thing with believing, they can take everything away from you. They can give you rejection after rejection. They can take your job away. They can, you know, they can take certain grades away. They can, they can, you know, they can strip everything away, but they cannot take away your power to believe. That comes from within. And, you know, you have the ultimate power, your, your power to, to never, your power to never stop dreaming and, and never stop believing. Um, as long as you have, you know, those two things, um, you will prevail. Your, your dreams can and do come true. Um, but only you have the power to give that away. Um, you know, your power to dream and, and your power to believe. So, um, so yeah, I think just never, never giving up 
of your power to, to dream and believe. And then also just always have hope. Yeah. Um, you have to always have hope that, you know, eventually, um, if, if you keep trying, you keep believing, you keep working hard, your dreams will come true. I love that. I love that. Uh, I want to ask you before we kind of get into some fan questions again, people have been loading up the chat, which is awesome. I mean, seriously, it, it's, it's amazing. And I want to be able to get to some of their questions. But I want to ask you because it seems like, you know, you're looking at everything that you've achieved and you got to be on Disney Channel and you love Star Wars and you got that. And then you saw this need for her universe and attire and you've done that. What drives you moving forward and what's the next goal? You know, it's, it's, it's never ending because it's, I I think the thing, and I, I, you know, again, I talk about it in here, um, in the, in the transform chapter to really transform for me and in my journey, um, kind of transform a dream into becoming a reality. You know, I learned that it's not about me. Um, and you know, Oftentimes we, we work harder, we work better um, when, you know, you put somebody else ahead of yourself or, or when you're, you're working hard for a cause or for another person or for a loved one. Um, and so, you know, I, I never, you know, you, Michael, you talked about putting your head on the pillow at the end of the night or at the end of the day, um, you know, kind of helping somebody else. Um, and that's what fulfills me. That's what fuels me. That's what gives me fire every day. And so, um, you know, it's, it's never ending. There's always a story, um, you know, from someone and, and from something. And so, you know, for me, I'm just constantly listening and constantly seeing what that new need is and what that new goal is. And so, you know, one of, one of, and it's not new, um, you know, we, I, I, founded her universe, um, kind of on a platform, you know, for anti-bullying, you know, I, I read story after story of women and girls being bullied, um, for just being who they are. And, um, you know, for me, it's, it's been a constant passion and, and journey to, you know, pretty much everything I do for her universe has a mission behind it to, to combat bullying. And so, you know, I've been doing a lot of, you know, research and, and, um, kind of visiting different, uh, experts in hospitals. And so, you know, for me, kind of my next thing is really, you know, bringing more awareness to mental health and, um, you know, doing more research for anti-bullying and, and, um, kind of making our community a, a safer and, and better and, and, and more positive community, but also, um, having a, a bigger conversation about the importance of mental health. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's something that, that's, kind of become, I can't say a new passion, but uh, a fire that's burning inside of me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to get to, we have like two minutes left, two, three minutes. I want to get to a lot of these fan questions. Uh, We'll just do maybe just rapid fire and rapid answer. Uh, uh, Can you ask Ashley if she cried or felt sad when she recorded the episode where she quits from the Jedi Order? Oh, goodness. I absolutely cried. Um, You know, I had to be careful because Ahsoka did tear up during that moment. So as Ashley, I was bawling. As Ahsoka, she was trying to hold in her, um, honestly, despair in that moment. So I had a little bit of a tear when I was recording the scene. But then afterwards, I, I was bawling my eyes out. Someone says, ask her if she wants to return to the new That's So Raven show, Raven Home. Um, uh, yes, I would love to. I would love to. That's a Raven was one of my favorite shows that I ever did. And my character Muffy would say, um, 
Alana says that she really likes talking to Michael Klaus on the popcorn <laughs> talk. Love it. What do you think of Gray Griffin? What What do I think of Gray Gr- Griffin? Gr- they said what? formerly Gray Delisle. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, yeah, that that's who I thought you were talking about. <laughs> um, you know, I've I've only had the the absolute pleasure of of meeting her a, a few times. Um, and I'm just in awe of of just how talented she is and how accomplished she is and um just all of the, you know, uh, incredible roles she's played. So, I, I think she's incredible. I often find myself speechless when I'm around her um because I am a fan girl of her. So, um, but I, I don't think we've had the chance to work together. So I'm I'm hoping that we get the chance to work together in the studio. Well, we'll put that wish out on a star. And finally, this one's for me because you said this at the beginning of writing a book was one of the things that you said of a list of things you'll never do. What else is on that list? <laughs> um, I say running a marathon is probably on that list. <laughs> um, skydiving is on that list. Um yeah, those two things, probably. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I haven't run a marathon. I've gone skydiving, and it's an incredible experience. You need to go. So I'm just saying, I'm putting that out for you. Okay, well, sounds good. Maybe I'll run a marathon before I'll skydive. You, how about you run a marathon, end at the plane, and then jump out of the plane? I think that sounds great. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, seriously, thank and being so open, so too, and I love the journey that you've had, and again, you face the struggles, and you push forward, and congratulations on everything, and I know everything in the future with your attitude is going to be amazing. Oh, gosh, thank you. Well, you, too. Congratulations on um, an incredible three seasons. Thank you, and again, like she said, this wraps up our third season of I Could Never Be here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Thank you so much for everyone who joined us today. So many people joining us in the live chat, so many people watching live. Again, we are live here every single Monday. We have been. We're back for season four on October 1st. An incredible lineup of guests for you guys. Musicians, actors, athletes, people in business who have achieved huge things, have a huge following, and you're hearing from them about their struggles. If you would like to follow Ashley on Instagram and on Twitter at her universe. If you want to follow the popcorn talk at the popcorn talk on Instagram and on Twitter, and of course at the only MC here on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you again for three amazing seasons. Can't wait to give some more advice here coming up in about a month. Please like comment, subscribe, tell a friend, be able to spread that motivation because as we've said, if you end one day helping help one person that day is a success. We'll see you guys for the start of Season 4, October 1st. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.